Does everybody know what time it is? Oh, actually, Landon, it's time for you to step aside for this episode because I actually invited my uh, former uh, co-host onto the show today, what? so I'm sure you'll uh, understand. Fine, they could say it's grunt work. Going, so you're going, could care less about the job you're blowing. You're expected to just start the show, but you're feeling disrespected and you say, hell no. Her hair is yellow. She says, hello, Tim and Al. It's good to see you fine fellows. You run out of there without a second to lose. And what comes next? Hey, grunt work. <laughs> the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that empties the lint trap after every batch of laundry. I That's am valuable. your host. Landon Butterhand Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman. This Pino is abrasive and a scourge on society. Caps. <laughs> Truman, it's good to see you. Landon, it's good to see you too. Butterhand, probably <laughs> the weakest of the James Bond villains. I like that they kept <laughs> going with extremity-based uh, villains after Goldfinger, uh-huh. but I think that Butter is just not an inherently threatening thing to uh, have different no. about your body. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially when his his superpower was like, he just, he grasps things really hard and it slips out of his hand at super speed. I mean, they did that basically with uh, Odd Job. I mean, yeah. what's the difference between throwing a hat and just squeezing a, like a bar of soap really hard and it flings out at somebody? Well, and also per the, the, you know, the famous bar of soap scene in Butterhand... I, my big takeaway from that is like, well, a bar of soap is already likely to shoot out of your hand, even if you're a non-butter hand person, like it was 99.9% right? of the human race. Yeah, exactly. It's redundant. I mean, it maybe butter hand is able to get the bar of soap moving faster. I don't even know. I just I this just love... I, look, when, when James Bond kills him and says, I can't believe it's not butter, though, the whole movie was worth it. Uh, Truman, this Landon. is the end of season six. This we is the end of made season it. six. We have it comes to a close. Landon, and have yes. we have we made it? Are we intact? Because we just spent like a minute <laughs> riffing know. on a fake James Bond villain who's based around butter. So I think that season six is to, we didn't make it. I have to give full disclosure here for this episode. Um, I've been awake for thirty six hours. <laughs> Because he's have been doing lots of speed, just huge amount of drugs. Had eight cups of coffee and a cold brew. Oh Jesus! You with, didn't tell me that before we started. And for dinner, I had a bunch of roasted beets, which is basically just sugar. So, um, <laughs> and it's late. So uh, this is going to be. You you once joked in an earlier season that one day we would come to a nexus of things that would create a black hole uh, for my insanity. And I think we may have found it. Landon, is is everything to you right now like the last 30 minutes of, of 2001? Have you just flown into Jupiter? Is life, is it just colors and, and lights and you've ascended to a higher plane of existence? Are you phasing through solid objects at this point? <laughs> I'm growing really old, really fast, but uh, I can't tell if it's because I'm in some sort of futuristic bedroom or if I've just washed up on the wrong beach. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that that is the kind of the subtext of 2001: A Space Odyssey is that those monkeys at the beginning go to the beach that makes them old for like a day and a half, <laughs> and then they evolve 
into the astronauts who the rest of the movie is about. <laughs> so are you are you, <laughs> are you suggesting all of the residents of the old beach, if they just stayed in the water long enough, that they would eventually recycle themselves and become gigantic infants? Yeah, I, basically. I mean, that's that's got to be what's... Ha- like, the real horror of the movie is that they don't stay on the beach that makes you old long enough. If they stayed there for a complete cycle, they could get back to their previous age. I mean, then it's, you still have to figure out how to get away from the beach that makes you old, but... Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. The, okay. The, be- the beach that makes you old is how we prove that evolution actually exists. So, folks, the point is, season six is over, Landon is high on legal drugs... Uh, At least it's not hot in here. That's the only thing. Uh, I mean that that would just uh, that would end end me. I think. Um, yes. Yes. There is be... still some shreds. Uh, some some very fine, like you know, picture uh, somebody somebody dangling from a cliff, holding on to a rope that you know one ping of the twine is uh, you know uh, plucking off at a time, and it's getting thinner and thinner, and they're falling further and further. That's that's my sanity. And, and, and the TV series Home Improvement uh, is Bugs Bunny walking up to Landon dangling like that, munching on a carrot, <laughs> and doing a bunch of uh, exaggerated slapstick comedy bits as he uh, frays that rope more and more and more until it ultimately snaps and sends him plunging <laughs> to the ground. I, I actually prefer the Chuck Jones era where uh, where B- Bugs doesn't do much of anything except uh, do a, a bon mot to the camera, uh, you know, real beady-eyed and, like, lift his eyebrow just ever so slightly, um, indicating that he's got an idea. And uh, he doesn't even have to say, ain't I, ain't I a stinker anymore. Um, no. You just know. You just know by a look. Yes, that's all it takes. And, and that look is especially effective if he's dressed up as a sexy lady rabbit. Did I say sexy? I just meant a regular lady, lady rabbit. Um, so, Landon, uh, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week, uh, and it was <laughs> the did. last one of the season. Uh, that we did. Um, and, Truman, before we go into the synopsis, I, yes. I want to take this moment to remind listeners that we are playing, uh, we're, we're, we're beta testing our uh, new yes. Chalupa Challenge game. Yes. And uh, the, the rules are, if you're just tuning in, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse rules. I have written a secret word that if Truman says it during this episode, all of our patrons will win Chalupas. Now, the Chalupas aren't on the table yet. We're, as I said, it's still beta testing. Uh, they're not going to be it's, – it's not going to be official to season seven. But uh, we got to see how this goes. Yes. So I want to get this out in case the word happens to be in your synopsis. So uh, I'm going to mute you. Okay. Uh, so that you, Truman, can't hear the word, and then I'm going to inform our listeners. Ready? Ready. Okay, listeners. The secret word for this episode is canoodle. Okay, we have said the secret word. Truman, do you have a synopsis for us? I, I do, Landon. I also just love that you keep saying that we're playing by Pee-wee's Playhouse rules, because as a fan of Pee-wee's Playhouse, I can assure you there are no rules in Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Have fun, use your imagination, be positive. Yeah, yeah bas- basically that. And uh, and occasionally have uh, occasionally have Lawrence Fishburne over to, for a chat. Uh, okay. Make friends. <laughs> this week on Go Home insane, Im- talk to your furniture. Yeah. Yes, all, get, all of these. Get really into Rube Goldberg for some reason. Uh, make use of uh, make use of rudimentary green screen technology to remarkable effect. 
Bring scooters oh. back. I mean, as someone who lives in L.A. where there are maybe a few too many scooters. <laughs> I uh, Pee-wee... Yeah, yeah I, left Pee- the... <laughs> I left those behind in my previous life. If Pee Wee Herman had just kept hosting his kids show and not become a Silicon Valley uh, transportation disruptor and put motorized <laughs> scooters you know, around every city for people to just pick up and use and abandon it. Will, I mean, that is the most Pee Wee Herman idea. Um, <laughs> Truman, what happened this week, the final episode of season six? Tell us. I will. Tool time fans across Michigan began howling like wolves and banging themselves over the head with frying pans when original tool girl Lisa makes a surprise appearance on tool time. But when an overenthusiastic Tim offers her a recurring guest role on the show, Heidi starts to feel undervalued. Meanwhile, Mm. things heat up with Randy and Lauren as he takes her out on a birthday date to the only nice restaurant in Royal Oak. They just keep going to that same restaurant. And, and what's that restaurant called? <laughs> that restaurant is called Les Nutis. Uh <laughs> It is a, which is a weird, it's weird that they took a French name for what is clearly an Italian restaurant. <laughs> um, but, you know, the uh-huh. people of Royal Oak don't know or don't care uh, about that distinction, except maybe uh, Wilson, which is why he's so snippy in this episode. Oh my God, Truman. Okay, great. Um, well, before we go into our personal reflections on what we felt about this final, final, very special episode uh, that we have before us, incredibly um, special. I want you, dangerously Truman, special. Yes, to guess that title. Mm, great. That's what we're gonna end. The, okay, that's the guess that title we're gonna end the season on. Cool. Um, all right. Options. I mean, if you're encouraging me to do theme songs right now, is the time because no, no. Um, I've got music in my soul, sir. Landon, there is such a gap between between not wanting you to uh, pervily purr the name of the segment into the microphone and wanting you to the sing. Tar. There's a whole range. No, the no, stop it. It's even worse. You're, this is not the Jellicle choice. For someone who has not seen Cats, you are you are going into that level of creepiness and bizarre sexuality. <laughs> you, you can't even see that I was I was double clawing the air on either side of the microphone. Oh was... God! Okay, okay. You you you've spent you've spent too much time cat sitting. You've gone you've gone too far to the other side. All right, I've got four selections for titles. The okay. first, Tool can play at that game. T- Tool. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm letting it sink in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tool yeah. Can play at that game. Okay. Second uh-huh. one. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Lauren, peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one a Fyodor lot. Fyodor Dostoevsky, guest writer this week. Uh, next, there can be only one. Okay. All right. I mean. That sounds like a home improvement title. Were you like digging into like the recesses of actual home improvement methods of title titling? A little bit, a little bit. Because again, I felt like the ground here was not quite as fertile as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. last option, uh, going for the real cinema greats, uh, you're tearing tool time apart, Lisa. <laughs> Uh, so so yeah, there's um, there's some options for you. I feel <laughs> that's a, that is as you said. There's a wide gap between my performance levels of the guess that title theme song. 
Um, I feel like there are canyons between each of those types of titles. I, I, I agree. I agree. Very wide canyons that um, all of them should be thrown into and then filled with cement so no one can ever access them. Like like the, like our plans for what we're going to do with nuclear waste, you know, putting up putting up deterrences <laughs> for for future, you know, eons from now species. There, there is no this is no place of honor. Stay away. That sort of thing. Stay away from these <laughs> taglines. They will make you sick and kill you. <laughs> taglines, so, these um, titles. There is no real clue I can give you for this one. Um, it is Fitting. confounding. Um, it's not even, well, I guess it's not really confounding. It's just, okay, I'm just going to tell you what it is. Okay. 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 We're in agreement. Okay. The title of this episode is The Kiss and The Kiss Off. pretty good doesn't 100 make sense but i still kind of like it it's it honestly feels it it, it spiritually feel it like in the same way that sometimes i try to outsmart the show and guess what the writers would guess it feels like the the show was trying to outsmart me and guess a dumb thing that i would guess <laughs> that's that's a really great observation yes um and, and i'll tell you this episode or this uh, the, uh, here's a tangent that is just rich with with uh, entertainment are you ready oh, for okay. this <laughs> okay that's that's good it's about time we have an entertaining tangent on this show the and in the kiss and the kiss off is an ampersand and the way that it's written uh technically is that you have the kiss both capital you know letters and then after the ampersand the the is lowercase and then the kiss off is both capitalized. So it's one of these weird titles where the second the feels like it should be uppercase, but it's not, and it looks weird. Oh, Landon, I fear that you have oversold the entertainment value of this tangent. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no take backsies. Um, <laughs> not since the film Terminator Salvation have I had such a mismatch between expectations and reality. Uh, <laughs> Landon. Episode aired on May 20th, 1997, directed by Peter Bonners and written by Jennifer Salata and Adam England. Uh, Landon, what did you think of this episode written by Jennifer Salata and Adam Inc. and directed by Peter Bonners that aired Adam England. the rest of what you said. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, Adam, yeah. okay. So I, I okay. don't listen closely to you, but please tell me more things, mainly about what you felt about this episode. I, I wrote this personal reflection after watching the episode today, and um, I will fully admit to do it. I wrote this reflection half asleep, my eyes were closed, and I was just letting the words dance around my head. This so, is a journaling um, exercise. It kind it's of a is. free writing thing. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to read it word for word. Um, just a damn fine episode. Um, it <laughs> just ringed and hummed and bounced along like a fanciful little jellicle through my eyeballs into my brain and memories, lifting my mouth into a smile and tickling my tummy with delicate feather fingers. So you mentioned Jellicles, and yet you claimed earlier to not have seen the movie Cats. And you've been talking about Jellicles a lot today for someone who claims not to have seen Cats. That's my first reaction. Is Are you <laughs> are you astral projecting into someone who's seen Cats? Is that what all this caffeine has done to you? I, I, I might be, yes. Um, okay, so you liked it, No, though. I think you, what it really is is that the people who've seen Cats, they all are having... Every single person that's seen Cats has had an out-of-body experience, and not all of their uh, inner bodies have returned to their outer bodies yet, and so they are now entering just random people 
Ah. Uh, and I feel like I've got a, a little bit of that residual astral projection from yeah, someone. It, I don't know who. Oh, so, so okay. So it's sort of a memory. All alone in the moonlight is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, okay, but more, but more than that, you're saying you were a fan of this episode. You enjoyed this episode. I was episode. a fan of this episode, absolutely. Yeah. You feel like a, a fitting end to season six. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, you know, I, I can't... You know, like, the, the hot rod wasn't a big deal this... Um, no, it was not. In fact, I was going to ask you in the Super Spectacular, I had this all geared up, I was going to ask you um, a trivia question as to... was Is Tim, if you had to guess... Before this episode, was Tim still working on the hot rod? What would your answer have been? <laughs> I would have said yes because I remember one or two episodes ago him talking. Like it's they've been talking about it a little bit more in the last few episodes, and I feel like yeah. we saw it. I feel like Tim was working. He and Brad, when he explains to Brad why it's bad for his girlfriend to be making him sandwiches, I think they're standing in front of the you know, un- unfinished hot rods. So I would have said he's still working on it, but until this episode, I wouldn't have had real definitive proof that it was still at the front of his mind. Okay, yeah, well, I guess that, that makes sense. Um, So, but, you know, it hasn't been that big a deal this season. Uh, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. No, this has been the least <laughs> hot roddy of the seasons, I'd say, so far. Yeah, Uh. so, like, I don't know, like, there's any big through lines that, you know, they've been building up to something, um, honestly, this season has taken forever. Uh, yeah. I can't even remember if we got like a man's fill in the blank at all this season. We probably oh. did maybe more than once. Yeah, no, we got the man's, we got the man's exercise room. Oh, you're right. I blocked that the, out of my the, head. Yeah. The, we got the worst man's something this season. Yeah. <laughs> That's but right. You're right. <laughs> I don't know if there's, because when did they go visit Jay Leno and buy the, well, wait, no, they've, it was the, like the, season three. Or two, three, really? When they or four. no, yeah. no, it's got to be really. Was it not season yeah. five? I don't know. When they sold the existing hot rod and then bought the broken down one that they have yeah, since I, been I think restoring. it was season four. Wow, I'm sure shit. Season four. Okay, yeah, then I feel like I should have been more excited to see the hot rod make an appearance on Tool Time because this has been a real saga for this one. Uh, yeah, but we haven't been privy to it. Um, I guess not. Anyway, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, this this gave me the tingles. I, I thought it was a fitting end. It was, you know, fun to see Lisa come back. Um, I, I'm sure we'll have more comments on that in the deep dive. But, oh, yes. Uh, I don't know. It was just like start to finish. It had <laughs> some... Uh, it just was a humdinger, man. Uh, you know, I... I watched the episode this morning, and then a few hours later was trying to kind of, you know pull together my thoughts and personal reflections on the episode. And I found myself really struggling to remember things that happened in the episode. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, Granted, I, I watched this like three hours ago. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, but I watched it, it like six hours ago. I, I, we watched okay, it in relatively right. the same time period. It just like something about this episode. It just slipped off my brain. I, I think it was a good episode. I don't think it was bad by any means. I found the, I found I certainly loved Randy's storyline. I loved the date. I mm-hmm. loved Wilson in the restaurant. It's just I I don't know. I, I I feel like it felt like less of an A plot and a B plot than just sort of two B plots that were welded together. And like Lisa returned. Well, they to do tool. a lot of welding in this episode. And they do. Maybe that's why I said that that it felt like they were welded together. It was it implanted that that. that implanted in my brain it it didn't slide off your brain at all it it infused itself inside of it and you don't even know where it's lurking anymore the reason i can't remember the episode is because of severe brain trauma from welding uh things into my brain (laughs) 
has nothing to do with the episode's quality. I'm blaming the wrong thing. <laughs> You're like Metalhead from Leprechaun 4 in space. I yeah, You know what? I'm going to start doing a drag show any minute now, uh, which has kind of been the case on every episode. It, it has nothing to do with what's been welded to my brain. I think that here's the, the, the crux of it, reflecting on it yeah. further, is that I think that the compressed nature of the Lisa-Heidi story doesn't really mm-hmm. serve the character very well because... You know, what happens in this episode, and we'll go into it further, is that Lisa appears on one episode of Tool Time, gets a very enthusiastic reception from Tim and Al. Tim makes an invitation for her to come back, and based on this, Heidi feels marginalized and tries to quit the show. All of Heidi's feelings here are legitimate. It's just that because of the compressed nature of this... It doesn't make sense for Heidi to quit the show after one appearance from Lisa. It would make sense yeah, if this had I happened over the course of a week, but because they have only, like, three scenes to do this in, because they also are sharing space with the equally weighty uh, Randy and Lauren storyline, they have to compress it, so then that makes it look like Heidi is kind of being oversensitive and overreacting, which then gives Tim fuel to say, "Ah, oh, women are too sensitive and overreact too much, when, in fact... Heidi's grievance is legitimate, but it just isn't presented that way because they don't have enough space to make it all work. So I feel I, like I this... that's a that's a fair criticism. Um, Thank you. They do so kind of. I, I think that they probably recognize that because they do seem to make some efforts to try to uh, rationalize that. A, yeah. a, a little bit. Um, but it does kind of just feel like it's tacked on um, to the moment as opposed to built out throughout the, the episode. So, yeah, um, but we can we can get into that into the deep dive. I think we we're can gonna have a lot to break open today. And we should. So, um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's write out our resignation letter and hand in uh, the two weeks notice we call the deep dive. OK, well, to whom it may concern, we <laughs> open in the backyard where Randy and Lauren <laughs> Are uh, on the uh, on the romantic little swing that uh, Tim yeah. built for Jill out of the kids' old play structure. A lot of big. Already, um, I'm already going to take umbrage with what you're depicting here. It's uh, it's Randy, Lauren, and the grunt creep. Of course, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even done with my sentence, dude. There was a semicolon, and I was preparing a second independent clause that was going to be welded onto it. Uh, but yes, the grunt creep is there too. Yeah, he he's a uh, he's he's like uh, holding on. He's like climbed up to the very top of the the um uh what do you call it? Would you what was this thing the, called? The, what, the 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 swing the the <laughs> like bench swing the porch swing the pavilion is that what it's called? Yeah, the, the gazebo. Gazenza? Yeah, yeah, the gazebo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's, he's his up... way up and he's, he's yeah he's watering up... uh watering flowers up there. Yeah, he's watering flowers, but also let's be real, he's creeping because Randy and and Lauren are like they're not. I don't know. I mean, it's clear that they're. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're what, having what, some alone say, time. Say the words, buddy. I mean, I'm not. I mean, like, it's not like they're together or anything. But they are like sitting together and kind of having a having a private moment. Like, not in that they're like mm-hmm. kissing or anything, but that they're having a, a kind of intimate discussion. Um, yeah. But I want to uh, bring up something here. Uh, yeah. That we we've completely forgotten about. And, okay. and I'm going to put this completely on my shoulders because I'm usually the one that brings this shit up. You're usually but, the one who's uh, supposed to remember things because I just blunder through every episode <laughs> in a blind fog. We, we've we known Lauren for a little while now, right? We have. Uh, I think she was introduced in season five. They brought her back in a meaty role for uh, uh, Randy's partner in journalism and uh, as of this episode in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we've seen her for a while, but there she goes back further. Really? Than that. She goes back, I want to say it was season two. Really? Yeah. 
Now, this is the thing that I forgot to bring up when when she appeared in the flesh. Uh, I wish I hadn't used that term. She sounds a little weird. Was mentioned, uh, I think it was season two, as the granddaughter of one Doc Johnson. What? <laughs> Remember, Wait. way back in the day when uh, Tim was having the, the Christmas light contest, and he couldn't figure out how Doc Johnson knew every move he was going to make, and yeah. it turned out there was a leak from inside the house, and it <laughs> turned out that it was Randy leaking information to Doc Johnson's granddaughter named Lauren. Oh, my God. You mean to tell me that this romance has been in the stars for four years at this point? Yes. And you further mean to tell me that Tim has had Lauren in his house and has known that Randy is interested in this woman and has not once brought up the fact that she is a direct conduit to his arch nemesis of Christmas decorations, Doc Johnson. That is correct. There, then that the only thing you can be implying then is that Tim Allen is like either Jack Nicholson or Martin Sheen in The Departed, and he is placing his own son <laughs> in deep, deep, deep cover within an it's, enemy organization. It's a double mole situation. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's really good. That's uh, that's really okay. So then, what we're saying is that <laughs> this now does not let Randy get on any elevators. <laughs> Yeah. By the end of this series. <laughs> yes. Uh, spoiler alert. And don't let him near any police psychologist because he will very quickly violate all the bounds of uh, what a proper therapist is supposed to uh, do with a patient. <laughs> Should I be worried the chains from this uh, swing that they're on are make the shadows of it are making an X in the background <laughs> of, of this scene? <laughs> Folks, I, I hope that you're all fans of the filmmaking techniques uh, behind the movie The Departed. That's right, a Best Picture winner from 15 years ago, because that's what we're spending a lot of time on hey, today. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Scorsese hey. stole that. He aped that from, from Scarface from 1932, so that goes way, way back. Oh, okay, okay. It's it's not that. Well, look, either way, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a single line from The Departed I can do that doesn't have either a slur towards gay people or a racial slur in it, and I'm not coming up with any of them. So the grunt creep falls into the flowers that he's watering as uh, yes. Randy and Lauren, who we are now remembering is uh, Lauren uh, uh, Johnson. Um, Presumably. They're, they're I mean, it, it, Doc Johnson could have had a daughter who married someone else and changed the last name. Let's That's not true. be presumptuous here. Truman. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, as as often happens, I've completely forgotten how families work. Um, I need an after school special, I suppose, to remind me of the value <laughs> of family. Uh, so she's getting. They've been studying together. She's getting up to leave. Uh, he remembers. Mm -hmm. Oh, her birthday's coming up. Maybe we could get a few people together and do a party. And she's very flattered that he's remembered her birthday and suggests mm -hmm. that what she'd rather do is have someone ask her out to dinner. Oh and damn, girl! Yeah, what? Ooh, Who's laying down into some this, laying down some thick signals. I like it. Lean in. <laughs> not even, not even signals, because he, he, Randy gets nervous. He's like, "Oh God, it's happening." You can read his inner monologue on his face, mm -hmm. and she goes, "Yeah, well, I was hoping that uh, you, you would ask me on a date. So I'm asking you to ask me on a date. Technically, I'm asking you to you on a date. Will you go on a date with me?" Not only does she ask, does she make clear that she wants him to ask her out, she also clarifies to him that it would be a date, which, boy howdy, do I wish the first girl I went on a date with <laughs> had been clear, like, because I definitely thought it was a date, and she afterwards, I found out she did not know it was a date, so it's like, I, you know, these are the sorts of things 
that I don't know. I I'm just <laughs> Randy's so lucky to have person's Lauren. life. Yes. Um, my note mostly for this was Randy is very squeaky. <laughs> squeaky in his voice or squeaky because of those chains? Uh, because of his voice. <laughs> He's very nervous and like uh, his uh, um, his adolescence is showing. Yes. Yes. His, his hormones have, have cranked up the puberty to extra high in this uh, moment of tension. Uh, so they awkwardly part ways. Uh, it's, yeah. And they're, they're the line, the exchange between them is Randy going, uh, so we're going on a date. And she says, I guess this takes us to a whole new level. And Randy says, it does. Uh, which, A, is a very 30-something TV writer dating in L.A. kind of exchange to have not a couple of Specifically in May, May, on May 20th, 1997. Yeah, yeah. She says, oh, man, how about, oh, man, I still can't believe O.J. got away with it. Hopefully the civil trial will turn out better. And he's like, yeah, well, at least, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully hopefully the, the Republicans don't win too many seats in the midterms after Newt Gingrich overplayed his hand. You know, that's the sort of thing that everyone was talking about on dates you know, on, in May of 1997. Um... One other note that I have, trying to distract from yeah. the really not funny bit that I just took us through, is that Lauren is rocking <laughs> Truman, a... I talked about ampersands earlier, and capitalization. Yeah, Yes, but I but I feel like I have been obliquely referring to 90s politics in the O.J. Simpson trial for most of this podcast, and that's never raised a blip. Like, that's never been funny. At least you're trying out new comedy material that isn't funny. I'm sticking close to the same <laughs> shit that sucks. So okay, right. Lauren is rocking a, a beautiful Canadian tuxedo in this scene. And um, I just think we need to, uh, you know, we need to call that out. We need to appreciate our, our, our brothers and sisters to the north. Maybe Doc Johnson, like Wilson, is Canadian. <laughs> hey, man, I told you, uh, I, I, I've I completely uh, bought into the... T- Quentin. <laughs> the, 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 you, you said Quentin. You said Quentin for a second, and I have to... Oh, okay, okay, and Landon's done. Okay, this is becoming a one-man show now. Uh, let me drag out my stool. Uh, and it's become the uh, it's become the uh, grunt monologues, I suppose. Uh, so, <laughs> good God, I felt, I don't know what happened to me there. I, you know, I, I think I think that uh, subtracting sleep and adding an ungodly amount of coffee. Well, we've seen we've I feel like we have three episodes per season where that happens. So I think that if you don't know what happened to you, the audience at least does. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, Randy, I gotta stand brand as well. Yes. Randy comes in, he goes inside, yeah. and he tells Jill what just happened, and Jill congratulates mm-hmm. him. She's excited for her son. And They're finally going on their first date with Lauren. He says, uh, we're, we're going to a whole new level, and then he kind of pauses and goes, and w- w- what does a whole new level mean? <laughs> Mom, tell me, tell me what a new level means. And, and Jill says, well, this means that your relationship is entering a more mature stage. We'll be more in touch, and you'll also... Well, I, I didn't have her exact wording, but something about you know, having to understand and appreciate and anticipate Lauren's feelings. And yeah, be in tune with her mo- innermost feelings. Um, yeah. And, and Grunt, oh, miss. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Because then he, then uh, Randy goes, oh, I miss the old level. <laughs> uh, hilarious. And, but, but he delivers it. He delivers it with a little bit of a smirk, like, yeah, I, I'm doing Tim's thing, but you know, I'm doing it because it it's silly and stupid. I I and mean, people don't actually grunt things. It's it is a it is it is definitely a funny bit, 
And he is definitely doing it in a, like, I'm doing dad's thing way. But I think it's also very clear, in no way does Randy actually miss the old level. Randy is very yeah, excited no, no, that, the, that the very pretty girl who he has had a crush on for a long time has directly told him, please ask me <laughs> out, I like you. The thing that, oh, if, God, it just, life would have been so much easier in high school. Like, why, ah, man, if just, if just women just... Walk walked up to you and Whoa, with, let's with be careful not put let's not put this responsibility on women's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Why don't women just have the superhuman ability to just have complete and utter total self confidence in the face of a society that does everything in its power to put them down and just walk up to dudes and tell them how they feel with no concern whatsoever for rejection? That would make life so much easier for dudes. And men need to have their lives made easier, as we all know. <laughs> Well, speaking of next levels, uh, we get a a double meaning with that because uh, some elevator doors close. They look like a cathedral. I don't quite. It's like stained glass elevator doors close. I think it's it's supposed to hint that they're going to get married eventually. Like this is the first step. I don't know. Really? That's (laughs) weird to me. Um, But marriage is weird. On another level, um, we see these kids week after week season after season for what 17 years now Mm -hmm. playing Mm -hmm. this damn video game we're finally next season gonna level up to a new theme song oh my god they're finally gonna beat the game (laughs) they're finally gonna find out that their theme song is in another castle (laughs) yeah i i I, looking back at it i regret that i didn't watch this theme song more like i didn't frame by frame it or something or really take my time and kind of savor it like a fine oh wine God, dude I, okay you want to listen we're not going to be able to do this ever again so let's here go, we go i'm going to break it down for you okay I've, right. I've memorized this theme song front and back okay you start with a a wooden background and uh some blueprints roll out and the yep. the home improvement theme um, starts to build itself up of the grassy ground with a fence behind it. It morphs. Tim props himself up, climbs up on top of it, puts his hands on his hips, arms akimbo, looks and he's pretty proud, but then he falls off of it, uh, grabs onto a two by four, and then he continues to fall. Jill comes home. She starts putting the laundry away really quickly before Tim starts flapping his arms. Then she grabs a wheelbarrow. He falls into it with a cloud of dust that pops up under it. And all of a sudden, there's a remote control steamroller that's being remote controlled by Tim, who's out back with Wilson all of a sudden. Wilson's very confused by what's going on. The steamroller bursts through the fence and all these two-by-fours go over and spell out home improvement. And then all of a sudden, we're in a video game where Jonathan Taylor Thomas pops his head up real quick. We're looking really smug. He jumps over a bandsaw that's on the ground. Zachary Ty Bryan comes up and he runs away from a hammer. Taron Noah Smith pops up. He jumps over the... Uh, hacksaw gets 500 points uh, we go to the view of Matic where Tim and Al are there gets fuzzy T- Richard Karn reaches out fixes the TV all of a sudden uh, we're in the backyard Brad puts on a uh, pair of earphones and um, some hot hot uh, grill looking lettering comes up for home improvement the family turns and faces the camera I kind of forgot how the home improvement theme went there so I had to I had to do some improvising <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. As we, we've discussed this season, uh, and we are definitely going to do between seasons, is go out to the jazz clubs and improv- do a long-form improvisation of this <laughs> Of this theme song again. That's what that's what the world is begging for. Like uh, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like Ryan Gosling in La La Land. We're going to save jazz. Um, <laughs> I, I think the only thing I would add, Landon, is just a question that I've wanted to ask you for a long time. Um, okay, what do you think? Should we put the kids in the middle? <laughs> yowie, yowie. 
Oh, God. Uh, we haven't seen that since season three. No, we so. have not. We have not. That's more deep cuts for the longtime fans. Okay, so uh, Home Improvement theme song, Knocked Out. Okay, uh, we cut too late in the Tool Time episode because they are reading from the mailbag, and it's yes. almost as though the producers of Home Improvement uh, late at night turned into Comedy Central and uh, saw the Mystery Science Theater 3000 mailbag segments where they oftentimes would get letters <laughs> from children with drawings of Tom Servo and everyone, because sure yep. enough, a child has sent in a drawing of the uh, Tool Time gang, and they are wa- they're showing it on screen. Truman, not just any child. Uh, Heidi hands Tim the envelope and says, oh, we've got a letter here from uh, a Katie Allen. Katie Allen. Who is Tim Allen's daughter. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> so, And I, if I had to guess, I think she really drew this because they spend a lot of time showing it on camera. Um I, I, yeah, that seems that seems likely. I mean that that is that is very much uh, that is very much Tim Allen insisting. Honestly, the extra time that could have maybe made the Heidi Lisa arc more satisfying <laughs> instead went to Tim Allen showing off his daughter's art. At <laughs> that work. fifteen seconds was burned from it. <sighs> um, uh, now he holds up up to the camera long enough for me to uh, glean a number of details that they don't cover. Uh, I mean, Tim kind of points out, okay, now look, there's Heidi with a chainsaw, and there's me looking a little like I came, came back from Cancun. Um, <laughs> the way he put that, it felt like an improvisation, and now knowing that it's his own daughter, it's honestly yeah. kind of sweeter that he's just like making that sidelong comment about something. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's just cute. Yeah, and then he points out Al, and he's just like, oh, well, she was very flattering to you. I can see, you know, some sort of fat joke, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 um, blah. <laughs> and you know it's them on the tool time set okay so here's what we're really seeing um heidi has a black bag over her head for some reason mm. <laughs> uh tim is, looks like linda belcher uh for true <laughs> they've the <laughs> the outfit that uh, he's been depicted in and he's holding a dog on a leash okay yeah Al, all right <laughs> Al um, looks very much like, like uh, uh, if you can take like twenty something Al and put him in Brooklyn, New York, in I don't know, two thousand seventeen. <laughs> He's got these like super short, tight shorts on, jean shorts with cowboy boots and fancy fa- facial hair. Yeah, still flannel um, and a lot of opinions about whiskey. Yeah. There, exactly. Uh, but that's not the only Al we get. Really? There is a secret Al hidden underneath the table in the lower left-hand corner of this picture. It's a turtle with Al's head on it. Or a turt Al, if you will. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what everyone wants to hear at a comedy club. It's just one lone... <clears throat> After a joke. <laughs> well, thank you for calling out my cough that I was going to mute in the editing room. But okay, leaving it in. <laughs> um, so wait, okay, so I they just say that because it brought back memories of doing stand-up. I, 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 I am so sorry, Landon. If that's if that's a memory you have of silence following a joke and only a cough. Um, I see. Okay, so Heidi has a hood over her head. I had thought that when I was looking at it, I thought Heidi was just had her back to the camera, and I was like, "Is the kid who drew this just showing off Heidi's butt or something? Like, what's the deal?" <laughs> okay, so it's just a hood. Well, I don't know. I, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have no explanation for it. 
Um, let's keep going because it's not part of the show. Yeah. The, well, uh, I mean, well, I mean, it is part of the show. I mean, because they're talking about it, but um, <laughs> not in this level of detail. But uh, they end the tool time. the The show ends, and Tim thanks the audience for the first time. He acknowledges the audience leaving, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And says, "Hey, there's free gifts for everybody." What? Uh, the women, hey, hey, women, you get a free styrofoam cowboy hat, which, I mean, it has to be in the shape of Hattie, right? I mean, that's what I was thinking. Hattie is the template from which all other cowboy hats are struck. Hattie created and all hats I- in her image. <laughs> then I heard, uh, and for the men, we got a bottle of Purell. Did I hear that right? I thought it was, I thought he said it was little miniature bottles of Purell. Either way, like I, I didn't know how to react to that joke. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, like, does that mean something? Did you peer into the future and listen to a grunt work episode from 2020 where Purell is very uh, uh, prevalent in our lives and And, and we make jokes about styrofoam cowboy hats and that we made a comment that you never acknowledged the audience? This is weird. Yeah, I mean, or, or or how in 2020 everyone was hoarding styrofoam cowboy hats to protect themselves from the virus? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's (laughs) another oddly prescient bit, much like like The Simpsons seems to have a bit that that, uh, predicts everything that's happened in the world. So too does home improvement in this moment. Yes. Um, But then as Tim is bidding the audience farewell, who should emerge onto the set but you guessed it because you listened to the synopsis at the beginning of the episode. Lisa, Christopher the old Lee. Girl. Christopher oh, no, sorry. Lisa. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Christopher Lisa. Lee would not have gotten the, the same, I think, reaction from the audience that Lisa gets. Oh, because sir. How I, dare you? I, yeah, okay, and I'm as big a Christopher Lee fan as the next person. I'm just saying he wasn't on Baywatch at the time. <laughs> you, you obviously weren't in the screening of... Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings that I was uh, when when he first appeared. Uh, look, I listen. I think that VIP would have probably had a lot more gravitas had he been cast in it than <laughs> Pamela Anderson. Probably same for Barbara. I Wire. agree with you. And yet here we are. And I think and he could have. And he, I think he could have written a much better follow up to Star, the book Star Struck, which we also read several years ago. So uh, Pamela Anderson, aka Lisa, is back to visit. Wow. She has just graduated from college and. Even though, and, uh, even though the audience is leaving, she still gets massive applause from the audience who, I, so I guess, has stopped leaving to watch her show up. If you, if you had to ascribe an adjective to the audience reaction here, what would that word be? Uh, um, Beatlemania, sort of. <laughs> okay, that's all I, hyphenated. I Beatlemania, mean, sort of. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's yeah, it, it's a... a rabid almost people are very happy to see her i don't know how would you how would you describe it no i i 100 agree with that i would say raucous is the word that came to my mind yes i i'm i'm just you know i i feel like bouncers need to come out and hold the crowd back from uh (laughs) from from her but uh she explains that yeah you know she's just popped in to visit she has just gotten Mm -hmm. certified to be a paramedic and is now uh looking for a job and uh, my note, my my one of few notes for this scene is Al is much excite. Al is much excite. I mean, he Al tends to be pretty close with all the tool girls on this show. And in, in, in my yeah. experience, um, something that I, I, I don't know, this kind of uh, 
I've known a few people who have been paramedics in the past, and my understanding yeah. is that it doesn't take three years to become a paramedic. I don't mean to suggest that being a paramedic is easy or does not take a lot of schooling. I just, I don't think you need to do, like, learn for three years how to be a paramedic. I think it's a shorter program than that. I have no concept of that. I, so I will not comment upon it. Paramedics, write in. Let me know if I'm full of shit. I don't, again, I'm not suggesting that your job is easy. I just didn't think it was a three-year degree sort of situation. Um, So they, so then Heidi and Lisa meet, and Heidi mm -hmm. pulls out a little booklet of baby pictures to show, uh, show Lisa. And I'm like, why don't you just pull out your phone? Uh... <laughs> That's Do you think uh, Heidi and Lisa have met before this moment? It seems like they have, just because Lisa knows enough to say, like, oh, you had a baby, didn't you? So I guess there must have been some Christmas party or something that Lisa got invited to. <laughs> just, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, they could be sending Lisa the, the Tool Time Christmas card every month. Or I mean, month, every month, every year. Yeah, yeah every month is Christmas on, uh, on Tool Time. That's how it works. It's, I mean, between when we record... The Christmas episodes and when it's actually Christmas here on Grunt Work, I mean, it kind of feels that way sometimes. You know, it's every other every other month is a Christmas card, and then the off months it's a Halloween card because it, it is go. always it is always one of those two holidays on the show. Um, Tim's excited. He yes. invites Lisa. Hey, I got a great idea. Why don't you come be a guest on uh, the, on Friday's episode? And. Lisa's got nothing better to do, so sure, yeah, I'll I'll show up here in the middle of a weekday. Well, I guess she's just looking for work, and. Uh, so they start to reminisce about Tim's injuries over the the course of the two years that she worked there, and uh, they're doing this as they're kind of walking out of the studio. And Heidi is in the background, and mm -hmm. she's kind of the focal point. Um, mm -hmm. And she is sad. Yeah, she's she's she pouts. She is her forlorn. Lip gets out outward. Mm-hmm. She's lamenting, to use a word that I like to use a lot in my notes. <laughs> uh, my my other my other note for this scene is Lisa has more dialogue in the one minute and twenty seconds she's on screen than she did in two seasons of the show. <laughs> I, absolutely, they are doing they are doing more with Lisa when she's been off the show for four years than they ever did when she was a regular cast member. Presumably because Baywatch has gotten huge in the intervening few oh, years, and now she's one of yeah. the biggest stars in the country. Yeah. Um. So they, you know, so we we see. Uh, Heidi left alone, and we go back home to the... We get uh, a spotlight transition. The, yes. The, the, the studio darkens except for one lone spotlight. Hitting, like, right... The focal point is right on her, her pouty bottom lip. Yes. Just yes. emphasizing how sad she is. Yes. Focal point, pouting, sad... You seem to be emphasizing these things as though there's, like, a specific word you want me to clue into. <laughs> Unhappy, sad... Left out, mm, neglected, <laughs> don't, don't overthink insecure. It. We go, we go back home. Uh, Randy uh, comes in and Jill's at the computer in the nook and says, "Hey, um, so I was at school and uh, now that we're on this new level, everything's changed. I, I don't, I, I don't know up from down. I don't know how to act around her anymore. Do I, I pretend to just be lovey dovey with her, or do I just be the normal cool dude that I am? I, I, I didn't don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. When I saw her in the lunchroom, I didn't know whether to give her a normal high or a more caring and emotional hi. 
And <laughs> Jill tells him he just needs to relax and not worry that much about it. Uh, and he says, well, I don't know how I could do that, because um, at a certain point she asked me to pass the ketchup, and I should have anticipated her needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, Jill is just telling him, you, you're overthinking this, don't worry about it too much. And Randy asks her, well, okay, wh- where did where did Dad take you on your first date? And Jill says, Italian, meatball subs in the Sears parking lot, which... I get that that's a bad date, but also something about just eating a nice hot meatball sub in a parking lot at night somehow sounds great to me right now. I don't know why. I don't know what aspect. Like that's I, ne- I don't either. I don't have any. <laughs> that, that sounds awful to me on numerous levels. I don't have any nostalgia for it. I, it's a thing I've never done before. It's just kind of something I want to do now. I don't know. Maybe after this, I'll go. I'll go to Subway and then uh, and then a Best Buy parking lot. Um, <laughs> You've got a whole new bucket list item. Yeah, um, I know. It's great. Tim comes in. He's excited that Lisa's back and starts gloating to to Jill. Yes. And uh, he says that the Friday audience at Tool Time is in for a big treat. And she says, oh, you're being preempted. And uh, yeah, so Tim (laughs) explains about Lisa, how she's coming on as a special guest. And he's so like there's two big things he wants to talk about. He explains that it's Lisa. And before he can get into the second thing, Brad is standing in the background and says, Lisa, the old tool girl. Yeah. And Heidi's going to be there, too. Yeah. But also two tool girls at the same time. Brad's Brad's horniness at this point could power the greater Detroit metro area, really. <laughs> uh, agreed. Yes. Uh, and so the other piece of good news is that they're going to be featuring the hot rod on the tool show because they just primered it. So I guess now they can do some other thing to it. Um, <laughs> just to show off that the primer's ready. Yeah. The, the showing off... A primer. I mean, I know nothing about cars. I know nothing about painting cars. My impression is that showing off the primer of a car is like discussing an ampersand. Yeah, something that no one, absolutely no one cares about, but that is somehow more interesting than what your co-host is doing. (laughs) Absolutely. Look, the only only primer I'm interested in looking at is the uh, uh, mind-bending, low-budget, lo-fi science fiction time travel movie Primer from, I'm thinking, 2006. Anyway, um, so then there's like a whole bit about how, uh, I don't know, Jill is saying like, oh, do you think people are more excited about the car or the fact that there's going to be two beautiful women on the show? And Tim says that they're obviously more excited about the car. And Tim says that, or Jill says that she loves that Tim is more excited about looking at a car than at women. And Tim tells her that he'd leave her in a second if he met the right Corvette. And I just sat there with my (laughs) arms crossed like, interesting, Tim, you are lending credence to things we've been saying for a while. Again, uh, new new theory. The, the <laughs> writers are time travelers and have listened to grunt work. Meet, meet the new theory, same as the old theory. Uh, <laughs> so we're back on tool time, and it's we the, get a Corvette transition to tool oh, yes, time. Yep. Yes, of course. That I, I say we're back on tool time is that we just have a hard cut straight to it, but it's different from that, of course. <laughs> what show are you watching, even? Uh, probably The Wire. A lot of hard cuts on there. Uh, so, uh, it's the salute to, uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, pour pour one out for Michael K. Williams. Uh, Omar coming. Uh, so, it's the salute to, uh, custom cars. Uh, Again, kind of every episode is that. But, uh, when they do the salute, there is a car revving noise, and they both react to it as though it sounded like a fart. And Tim says, salute to (laughs) custom cars or salute to bean dip. Fart jokes. Fart jokes. At least it wasn't Polish food this time. Uh, so 
they and they introduce their special guest Lisa, who comes out wearing. Wait for it, folks. Well, well in regards to the episode and the theme of the episode, uh, he specifically says, "Heidi, bring out our original Tool Girl." Oh, I see. Yes, because because Lisa can't just walk out on her own. She needs to be brought out. Yes. And this, you know, uh, they've got the big hot rod right center of the studio, and Lisa comes walking out in front of it between Tim and Al, and Heidi is relegated to the background behind the the hot rod, uh, Mm -hmm. barely in focus in the shot. Yes. And Lisa is wearing overalls, which longtime fans will know, uh, at least one of us had opinions about the fact that she constantly wore overalls, and I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just not crazy about overalls as a fashion item, again, Wear whatever you want to wear. I'm just... <laughs> you clearly didn't grow up uh, between 1997 and 1999, because that's almost the entirety of my high school years were overalls. Yeah, see, I was... I, that was still... I was still pre-puberty at that at that point, so I, you know, I had no impression of, of what women wearing overalls meant, or, or whether that was good <laughs> or bad, or, or what, how that affected me. I mean, listen, again, w- ladies, if you want to wear overalls, wear overalls. I have my own opinions, but hey, who gives a shit what I think? So... She comes out, and Al explains that she's been studying to be an EMT, and and Lisa makes Mm -hmm. some comment about how, uh, you know, she graduated early because of all of her experience dealing with Tim's injuries on uh, tool time. It was like 10 years of experience. And, uh, yeah, and then they're going to start working on the hot rod. Yeah, t- uh, Tim asks Heidi, hey, Heidi, could you, and she goes, uh, start the welding on this side of the car, and he's like, no, help Lisa with her jacket. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. And, um... Lisa, she's like, okay, I'll get uh, started on the welding here on the front. Um, and uh, at that point, you know, we see the, the spark starting to fly. And Al, so to speak, I'm going to let you take this moment. <laughs> okay, so Al starts drumming as she's working. Al starts rhythmically drumming his hands against the Just hood of the car. Very un- uncharacteristic. Like, what? it, it was distracting for... Yes. Uh, it was weird. It was just like there's no preface to this bit at all. Ter- ter- also terrible from a broadcasting perspective because not only are you distracting from the show, but you're also turning your back to the camera, which you should never do. And Tim- well, unless you're Al oh, and true. you have Al's back. <laughs> yes, I mean I listen. The 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 uh, the Al pals are there's a whole subset of them who are super into the backside of Al, uh, the dark side of the Al, if you will. Um, but uh, Tim says, Al, what are you doing? And Al turns to the camera and he smiles and he says, I'm just doing a little bit of rapping in the hood. (laughs) Huge smile on my face. (laughs) Folks, this is the thing. Folks, 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 if Tim made this joke, we'd be rolling our eyes and groaning at it. But Al making the joke and smile and like the fact that he derailed the entire momentum of the episode to do this i i have a problem with it when it's tim doing it because tim controls the show and it's just like why are you making us subject to this when al does it it's like his own form of rebellion against tim's tyrannical rule and i love it i accept it wholeheartedly and i want more of it i um it's 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 something beautiful. Uh, it is a lone beam of light casting through stormy clouds. Uh, it is it is the green light at the end of Daisy's dock in The Great Gatsby. <laughs> I um, yeah, it's it's what's in the trunk of the car in Repo Man. It's everything to me. I love this bit. 
Uh, we get another confounding moment right on the heels of that where Tim walks over to what uh, Lisa is doing and uh, starts talking about this tool that she's working on. And uh, Tim's like, oh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take that. And she's like, I don't think so. And he like just is trying to pry it out of her hands for like 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, it's not weird because it's on brand for Tim. It's just like, yeah. uh, you know, Tim is just so obsessed with this tool until Al says, Tim, release, and he lets it go as though he's been trained <laughs> like a dog. So then he, he walks around to the other side of the car and picks up a little hand sander, electric hand sander, and um, while Lisa's welding, Tim starts to sand, and it slips off the side of the car and goes into his leg like he's Ooh. Leatherface at the end of the original Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. <laughs> and... Uh, He's injured, and Heidi springs into action for the first aid kit, but no, Heidi... No, sir. It's Lisa. Lisa springs... Well, no, Heidi tries to spring into action for the first aid kit, but then Lisa says, no, wait, I've got it, and oh. she springs faster. Yeah, Landon. Sir, I rescind my rudeness. You should. That'll teach you... Listen, one of us got a full night's sleep last night. Uh, oh, so... fuck off. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> Sorry, shame on shame on me for. Okay, you know what? I, I I rescind my rudeness, so now we're totally evil. Grunt work has fallen apart in the last episode of season six. Will uh, we be back for a season seven? Also, I said I was trying to say totally equal, but I said totally evil. So maybe we have entered some sort of bizarro mirror universe here. I'm sorry, Landon. I I, I respect your your uh, the amount of sleep that you've been getting. So that's right. I'm gonna take a nap in about ten minutes. So uh, okay, well that's good. We'll try and wrap this thing up. Uh, so. Anyway, uh, Heidi. We get a uh, blowtorch transition. Well, well, yeah. yeah Heidi, Heidi, we have Heidi feeling threatened by uh, by yeah. Lisa going to attend to Tim, and then we go to back yeah. home. Blowtorch transition, where yeah. Randy has gotten a gift for Lauren's birthday. Uh, yes, it's a pen engraved with her initials. Yeah, and Mark asks uh, him about it and says, "Well, you know, what is it? It's an initialized pen." Mark is like, "A pen." And he's like, well, what would you know about girls in love? Uh, and Mark just replies with, well, I know it doesn't involve office supplies. <laughs> Again, another another great bit. They, now, they've just started dropping Mark in like a joke commando to just deliver killer lines and disses on the, on his brothers who tormented him for so long. I, I love it. It's a... Um, I don't know, just like, yeah, he's he's a joke assassin all of a yes. sudden. Um, I also, I, I know we're already long, uh, but I want to point out <laughs> the shirt he's wearing. He's wearing a t-shirt that is like a bowl of cereal, but instead of the cereal, it's a bunch of sports balls. <laughs> so what? there's like a soccer ball and a football and a basketball and it's just like a bowl a cereal bowl filled with sports balls and it's the weirdest t-shirt i've ever seen a bowl of balls i did not even notice that but i kind of love that i do do you think that a what ball do you think tastes best and b do you think that <laughs> that people pick out the badminton rackets cuz they taste the worst <laughs> i think you have to eat with a, a badminton racket Mm, true. Well, I mean, okay, you're right. Not the badminton rackets. You, yeah, of course. That you eat with the racket, the shuttlecocks. I mean, you pick out the the badminton shuttlecocks. <laughs> they get stuck in your throat. Yeah, and I, I, I hate when a gets stuck in my throat. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Tim gets home, and Brad congratulates <laughs> him on the yes. uh, best tool time ever, and he says, "When are you getting a third tool, girl?" 
Again, just <laughs> just just nuclear powered horniness. Um, he, he just he is he just like sidles over like it's it's gross. It uh, it, it really is. And, but and he's he's like taking Tim into like his confidence. Like he's rubbing his hands together. He's got like you know he's kind of like got his back to him, but like talking over his shoulder. Like hey, you got the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Tim is suddenly a a drug dealer or something of 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 uh, I don't know of attractive women on a tool show. It's like, yeah, first one's free, kid. What else you got? I need some more. I need some more. <laughs> he, he's always chasing the dragon. Um, So, uh, Tim is explaining that, you know, we had a great time with Lisa on set, and he's told her that she's welcome back anytime that she wants, and Jill kind of cocks an eyebrow and says, well, is Heidi okay with that? I and love Tim- this. I love this. Mm-hmm. That, that Jill is, once again, three steps ahead of Tim on emotional issues. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, granted, you know, would it have been more uh, impactful if it was Heidi and we spent this time uh, with Heidi expressing herself? Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, I think so, but almost certainly. I, I just, I'm thankful that they are being direct with the thing that Tim has to learn here. Yeah. Like, that- it, it needs to be vocalized, and Jill is vocalizing it perfectly. Yes, and and Tim is missing it completely because he's just saying, well, yeah, why why shouldn't we? Why why shouldn't she be? Why would it be an issue? And then he gets mm-hmm. a call from Heidi. Where, ring 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 banana phone. Yeah, ex- exactly that. Lots of lots of potassium, and <laughs> Heidi in the course of this phone call quits the show, and yeah. says it's not fulfilling. Yeah, uh, it's not fulfilling enough, and quits. Which um, I. I'm not going to speak for real people, but I believe that's why Pamela Anderson left the show. So could that be a way of addressing and burying the hatchet, so to speak? Maybe. Yeah. By having her back on the show years later and giving her more to work with than she'd ever had before. Yeah. And, and in this, and in the same way, giving Heidi more to work with in an episode than she's ever had before, really, except for maybe the episode where she gives birth. But even then she's kind of just a bystander to her own birth. Well, I mean, by her own, to to her own. You know, kid's birth. Um, yeah. So, you know, she Tim, gives birth to herself. Yeah, it, she it, is the snake that eats its tail. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She is the beach that makes you old. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, after after this phone call, uh, Jill says, you know, Tim relates this information to Jill and the rest of the household, and Jill says, Tim, what did you do? And Tim says nothing, and then Brad goes, nothing. You just took away my reason for living, which. <laughs> I almost love how how Brad's obsession, like Brad's horniness, has become camp at this point. He has <laughs> almost become a caricature of heterosexuality. Just, just he can think of yeah. nothing beyond an attractive, fully clothed woman on a tool show. <laughs> I also, uh, I think every teenager has to go to camp horny at some point uh, in their adolescence <laughs> before they come into adulthood. And, and and listen, none of the none of the counselors want it to be that. It's just every camp becomes camp horny based on the based on the <laughs> age of the people who are going to camp. Um, we get a Heidi toolbox transition to commercial, and we mm-hmm. come back uh, kind of in the same scene. Tim yeah. Tim's sitting there at the kitchen island, his arms across. He can't believe it. Oh my god. She quit. Why would she quit? That's weird. That's silly and stupid. Why would she do that? And and Jill, uh, Jill Columbo's this. She she starts putting <laughs> the pieces together. Yeah. Did did you ask her how she felt about Lisa coming back on the show anytime she wants? As a matter of fact, no. Did you feature Lisa on the show more than you feature <laughs> Heidi? As I recall, no. 
Did you at any time tell Heidi that Lisa coming back on the show was in no way a threat to her job? I'll have to go... No. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, do you see a pattern <laughs> now, here? <laughs> one more thing. If Now, if Binford had asked Bob Vila uh, and said that he could co-host whenever he wants, how would you feel? I'd probably hit him with a board again. And that's the thing. You never, you never tell Columbo that you're planning on hitting Bob Vila with a board because then Columbo has you. Then you're, then you're you know. <laughs> then, then you've been Columboed. Yes, exactly. When Columbo sailed the ocean blue, he uh, entrapped Tim for wanting to attack Bob Vila. So anyway. Rhymes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's what, that's what makes it such a good rhyme. That's why so many people remember that. Uh, so Tim goes and he tries to call Heidi again. And as he's doing this, Randy comes downstairs completely Doc Johnsoned up in his turtleneck and blazer <laughs> and ready for his date. <laughs> Wait, Doc Johnson? I meant Don Johnson, but who is probably Doc Johnson's son and uh, Lauren's father. That's a, yeah, Freudian slip. Yes. I like it. Uh, he's also probably wearing some Freudian slippers because Don Johnson didn't like to wear socks. So, you know, boat shoes or something to that nature. Uh, so Randy is getting all, you know, getting hyped up for the date. Tim is trying to call mm-hmm. Heidi, but she's not picking up. She's not answering his calls. Uh, he's doing the thing that people did in the 90s when you got their answering machine and they could be sitting next to the phone listening to someone leaving a message saying, Heidi, and you're there. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. That's the thing that kids today just are never going to get is getting home and playing your answering machine messages and someone has left you an answering machine message assuming that you're home listening when in fact you were not. So there's just message just like, pick up, pick up. I know you're there. Pick up. <laughs> the thing is, I know that no one even listens to their voicemails anymore, so I still leave those messages just <laughs> to entertain myself. <laughs> yeah, I. that's why I record super uh, super goofy, uh, you know, outgoing voicemail messages so people have something to laugh at and react to when they leave me the voicemail messages that I don't listen to. <laughs> um, so anyway, Tim hangs up the phone, Heidi is not answered, and then Tim goes over to uh, Randy and laments that women are impossible to understand and nothing you can do is ever good enough for them and they're all too emotional and complain too much and why did we even let them vote in the first place, you know? And just uh, kind of goes on a on a whole, whole grab bag of things that we're not traditionally fans of on this show and then pats Randy on the shoulder and says, enjoy your date tonight. You know what, though? This is far more palatable to me because I don't really get the sense that he feels that way. I mean, we've seen maybe some behavior that suggests otherwise on this show. But in this moment, you could tell he's he's just making a goof out of frustration. I guess I, you know what? I guess I didn't I guess I didn't have my goofy goggles on for this. Maybe so maybe I saw it in too uh, too serious of a light. You saw it in 2D? Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't you learn anything from our episode a few weeks ago? Well, that was that was that episode was in 3D. This was in GD, Goofy Dimension, and I uh, you know, I didn't they haven't released anything in GD since a goofy movie. Um a very goofy sequel. Oh well, okay. I guess I guess that I, I guess th- th- those two, and then this one home improvement episode. That's why the format never really, uh, never really took <laughs> off. Um, and also, your goofy goggles really just make everything just make everyone look like a clown anyway. So I don't know how much that would have enhanced Ooh. the scene. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a, but a small subset is very passionately into it. Um, so Ran- we cut to Randy and Lauren on their date. We get. At- the one yeah, restaurant. A, a waiter transition. A waiter. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. I realize no. I always <laughs> break the momentum of the scene uh, by mentioning these transitions, but it's one of these weird ones where 
they're talking in the kitchen, and then all of a sudden, a, a actor enters the frame. I'm like, why is there a waiter in the tailored kitchen? And he just walks across the frame, and we're in the restaurant all of a sudden. Even after all these years, the transitions can still surprise and shock and terrify us. <laughs> um, we're in the restaurant, and uh, Truman, I'm going to tell you right now, they show the name of the restaurant. What? They do? Lauren has her menu up. Oh, and no. the name of the restaurant is on the front of the menu. I, I thought I thought for a second that the name, like, if I was thinking, like, on the front of the menu, that's the name of the restaurant? Oh, that's where the name of the restaurant <laughs> is located. Okay. What is the name of the restaurant? Sorrentino's. 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 Is that the name of a cast member or a crew member, I mean? Uh, I don't think so. Huh. Sorrentino's. I don't see anyone. Uh, I've, got, I've got it pulled open right now. I don't see it. Huh. Well... Anyway, they're at. It could be it could be in memory of someone that someone knew. Okay, that that could that could be it. I mean, I'm sure it has some significance to somebody. That that yeah, they didn't just pick an Italian name out of a out of a hat. Um, but so they're they're there. You know, we're in the first of. Uh, I guess this is the only scene from an Italian restaurant in this uh, in this episode. But they're sitting there. Yeah. And um, uh, when she you know she says thank you uh, thanks for the pen uh, for the pen Randy and she sits down her. Um, her menu and then we see that it is bled out in the pocket of her shirt and yeah. uh randy apologizes again for this having happened this disaster that happened off screen and she says oh that's okay it matches my skirt <laughs> um then the the waiter comes over and guess who's back guys th- it, could it possibly be the same snooty waiter who's uh, who's been working there for a while now uh, my favorite character actor from season four. Oh yes sh- it is Antonio is back. Hey, that was season four. No way. That had to have been more recent. No, I think it was season four, and then he made one appearance in season five when uh, Tim and L. Or was that earlier? Maybe it was season five, and then he made an appearance earlier this season. Truman, we've been covering two seasons over two years. I don't know <laughs> what time is anymore. I, I mean, look, you you're the one who went back and listened to all of our episodes recently. You should know this more than me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> not for fun i was i was doing a producer thing i oh. was grabbing some information for a future series finale okay no i needed no. to get uh stuff I, i'm producing stuff that are three years ahead from now oh my god dude you are you, look you are putting you're putting far more effort into this than than i ever put into editing any of those episodes you listen to uh <laughs> so the waiter you know tells them that oh they've got uh Penne Arabiata tonight, and Randy kind of nervously says, oh, that's very good, and uh, Lauren asks him what it is, and he says, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those, uh, and he asks the waiter, how would you describe it in English? And the waiter just goes, sauce. <laughs> and one of the best sauces, by the way. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a kind of Arabiata spicy, is w- spicy yeah, tomato like sauce. It. Yeah, a little red pepper I, flakes. I, I, like, I, like a little, I like a little kick. Yeah, you like a despise. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, no, you can get away with that. Not me. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Another check to the Italian Anti-Defamation League. Um, and and then the Care waiter of Landon Solano send it to me. I make it out to cash. Uh, and so the the waiter also asks if he can get them any soft drinks, and they both say they're fine with water. And he walks away and goes to Waters. A big tip coming my way tonight. Um, I, I have to. God, this, I'm just getting lots of money tonight. I just I, keep it keep it oh, coming. Now, okay, that wasn't an Italian impression. That was an impression of the uh, of the lectoids in Buckaroo Banzai. When are you gonna go home? Real soon. Um, 
Well, I do, I do love though that it's the '90s. These are two kids out on their own, and they yeah. decline to order soda. These two kids just love water that much. I don't buy it. I listen. Okay, wow. I'm re- realizing something right now. Um, what are you realizing? I, I'm not going to go too deep in this because it, it's very personal. But um, the night I first said I love you to someone, oh. I was dating a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a really, really special dinner. Yeah, and I took her to an Italian restaurant very much like this one. Oh shit! And weird. Like, did and you have? Did you have? We went to go see Frank Darabont's The Majestic, and as Martin Landau was dying, I leaned over and said, "I love you," and she said, too. Oh, that's uh, that's really sweet. So, so you can <laughs> you can thank Jim Carrey for kind of uh, facilitating that in his serious role. Thank you, Jim Carrey. I, I say that every morning. Um, well, well, and, but you guys didn't order soda when you were at the restaurant? We probably did. We were too young to drink, I think. I might yeah. have been old enough, but I don't think I was drinking at the time. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Randy. I mean, maybe they would have gotten to the I love you stage on this date if he'd just sprung for some sodas. <laughs> uh, perhaps. Anyway, let's keep yeah. going. Um, L- Lauren Randy's is loving- really nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah L- Lauren and Lauren picks up on this and says, are, "Are you okay? You seem tense." And he says, "Oh, why?" And 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 she says, "Well, you're buttering your hand." And Randy goes, "Oh, I've got uh, dry skin." And um, <laughs> worth mentioning that he had a piece of bread in his hand that he was also buttering. Uh, he wasn't just applying butter to his hand, although that would have been an absurdist piece of comedy that I would have appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, d- you don't do this when you're nervous? I just I just like to, you know, moisturize with dairy products when things are getting a little hectic. Um, Antonio comes back uh, with the two free waters, sets them on the, on the table, and immediately Randy reaches over and spills her water on her lap. Yep. And uh, she gets... I- I've a- still been on worse dates than this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is all still salvageable. Also, I mean, things still turn out pretty well. Um, yeah. But she, so, you know, she gets up and goes off to the to the ladies' room to get cleaned up. And she's still not pissed mm-hmm. off. She's just really taking this all in stride and being being far more forgiving than any adolescent of any yeah. age ever would be. Um, and well, Randy, Randy pulls an iconic Bond move from the iconic movie Butterhand, and when he grabs the, the glass of water for her, it slips and shoots out of his hand because it's so buttery. Yeah, exactly. Butter. That's how Butterhand sabotages him at the end of the first act. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, you know, Randy is there uh, lamenting his situation when uh, <laughs> from, from the next section over, his face partially obscured by the wine rack is Wilson, who peers over and says, Buena sera, Randito. And, <laughs> folks... If you had to ascribe a single adjective to the way the audience reacts to Wilson, what would that word be? Um, I would say rabid, uh, frantic, savage, um, unhinged. Violence would be my word. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 the velociraptor in Jurassic Park when it's eating the cow that's been lowered into the pen. I mean, it just... <laughs> Just to the point of like going from 
throwing your fists in the air in joy to just screaming and then picking your chair up and slamming it on the ground until it's breaking and you're you find yourself in a riot situation uh, yeah i mean it really is like a screamo punk show situation it's like uh, it's like kickoff at a at an alabama football game it, how wild they're like i thought when they when the audience did this for pamela anderson i assume just like oh okay yeah it's just a bunch of horny dudes in the audience but the fact that they're doing it for wilson Suggests that the audience was just it, extra hype. Suggests nothing. I think you can have it exactly the same. It's just a bunch of horny dudes for Wilson. I mean, yeah, they're Wilson sexual. Who who wasn't back in the day? Uh, <laughs> I mean, who isn't in the present day? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Everyone on this podcast certainly. Uh, so Randy asks what he's doing here, and he says, "Oh, well, I'm here for my wine tasting club." And Randy goes, "Well, where's everyone else?" And he says, "Oh, they're probably at home sobering up from our last meeting." So I love that that Wilson drank everyone under the table. That's cool. Uh, um, he asked Randy how his date's going, and I didn't quite catch everything he said. Did he say he choked her? No. I so far I've inked her, soaked her, and buttered my own hand. Soaked her. Got it with the yeah. water. Yeah. Ch- choking. Uh, yeah. That, that that's when the date is really going badly. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to kink shame. Oh, okay. But that is like more like date five safe word material. Con- consensual choking where she's asked you to do it and it's established and there's a safe word. Fine. I'm not shaming that. Cho- choking women in general without their consent. I'm taking a hard line against that. Uh, on on behalf of grunt work, I'm saying strong, hard pass on anyone ever doing that. I feel like you drew that line so fast that I didn't even know what exactly was happening, and you just grabbed my wrist and yanked me over to that side of the line before I knew what was happening. You're welcome, Landon. It's good on this side of the line. The people on this side of the line are chill folks who you want to be friends with. Uh, So... (laughs) Anyway, so Wilson quotes Randy some advice from a modern guru is that he should be here now. Yeah. Randy says, well, I am here now. Baba Ramdas. Not to be confused with Baba O'Reilly. Completely different person. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But Randy is stuck in a teenage wasteland. And he he laments once again to Wilson that he is here now. And that's part of the problem with the date. Yes. Um, And... I, 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 you know me. I check out on the Wilson scenes. I don't know why I do. I do, but I do. I do. Yeah. And uh, all I, my next note was go to her, and yeah. he says, "Well, she's in the ladies' room." <laughs> Wilson just long pause and just goes, "Wait." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's he tells he tells Randy, "Savor, savor what is. Say what's on your mind. What's on my mind is that Lauren must think I'm a dork." Wilson says, "I've seen the way she looks at you. Her eyes do not say dork." And and Randy kind of smiles and goes, really? And that's when when Wilson goes, go to her, Randy. And he says it in such a dignified way, and it gets such a big laugh from the audience. And in this case, I don't know. I, I, li- I like that a lot. I just li- I like that bit, and I like that then response of why he shouldn't go to her. <laughs> um, where are we at? Uh, Randy, uh, or Lauren comes back from the bathroom, and uh, yes. Randy is like, he, he's more chill now. He's more composed. Yes. Uh, when he helps her into her chair, uh, he brings it closer to him, and then he brings his chair closer to her. Like, man, I could feel the heat coming off the screen. It's and good. Sizzling <laughs> chemistry. Uh, Antonio comes back over, says, uh, are you two ready, or do you guys need another few hours? <laughs> At my best table. 
And I don't. Okay, well, listen. We've got two amazing employees to emulate uh, this season. One is Antonio, and the other is I can't remember her name. The goth girl from the sporting goods store. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. Love them both. <laughs> love them both. This the, so you would have been you you were the goth girl when you worked at Sam Goody, and had you mm-hmm. had you worked in uh, food service at a fancy restaurant, you would have oh, been God. Antonio. You would have been totally uh, totally <laughs> hassling the kids on dates. I. Let's just have the world thank the, the universe that I never worked food service ever. I and I do too. I would not have survived. People would have gone hungry. Lots of fights would have broken out. I mean, it would have been bad. I I mean, even on a even on a good night working in food service, a lot of that stuff will happen anyway. But uh, yes, it, it's as someone who worked food service, it's not good to. Uh, it's not good to be around people when they're eating, just generally, unless you're eating yourself. So salute <laughs> to all of our food service heroes. Indeed. Um, so Randy tells the waiter, hey, we came here because we wanted to have an enjoyable experience. And long story short, you're kind of harsh in our buzz. So quit being such a dick to us. And the waiter says, you know, I'm sorry. I always get jumpy when this wine club comes in. Mr. Wilson is quite demanding. And then <laughs> Randy's like, yes, of course. Now let us wheeze the juice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. Let it. Let us squeeze the juice. Wheeze, we, wheeze in the juice. Wheeze in the juice. Wheeze in the juice. Is oh that? Oh my god. Wait, what is that a term? Is that a thing that I don't know? <laughs> I I think we've we've narrowed it down. It took six seasons to really narrow down what the the precise gap between us is, and it it boils down one hundred percent to wheeze in the juice. Okay, what, 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 like, uh, what, I don't know, what jock jam is wheezing the juice from? It's, <laughs> wheezing the juice is when you put your head upside down underneath a slushy machine and you pull the lever directly into your mouth. Oh, God, I don't want to wheeze that juice. <laughs> it's Polly Shore uh, and Sean Aston and Brendan Fraser from Encino Man. Okay, well, so... I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't see how uh, I don't see how wheezing the juice has anything to do with Wilson being a demanding uh, 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 vintner. It's not. It, it has everything to do with Randy being a uh, asking for his chill night, bro. Oh, I see. I see. He just wants to chill out like in the most yeah, let us chillax and wheeze the juice. That, that is the most chill thing. He would have impressed Lauren right away if he had just done a <laughs> headstand and poured slushy directly into his mouth. Absolutely. Um, well, okay. Well, well. Outside of Encino, what happens is that uh, is that the the you know the waiters explain that Wilson is quite demanding, and then we hear Wilson just yell, "Signore, this Chia- this Chianti is an insult to my palate. It has no exuberance." Um, <laughs> this is a moment that my heart. Was very conflicted. A, mm. I was just ecstatic with the line, the performance, this side of Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this this echo, the, these these uh, flavor profiles of Fraser yes. <laughs> getting into our home improvement. A, a Soussion um, of Fraser, a Frasson yeah. of Fraser. Uh, but I also detected notes of uh, nostalgia, regret. Um, uh, other my brain i'm i'm sleepy you 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 detect (laughs) notes of of nostalgia and regret in everything you taste though land and i think it has less to do with the wine and more to do with your palate 
specifically that I wish we were sitting on the couch watching this episode so that I could have seen your reaction to that line. It was it was pretty good. It was I my my reaction was to kind of go into a trance like Danny in The Shining and just picturing an entire nine seasons of Frasier where uh, Wilson is a recurring rival of Frasier and Niles's at the wine club. He's always beating them out for the title of cork master and uh, and things <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love Wilson the Wino, and I, I I wish that they would stick with that. <laughs> Hopefully, that's a episode title for season seven. Uh, but I guess we'll get there. Um, but on on the back of this, uh, Antonio's like, "You're right. I'm sorry. Um, tell you what, let me bring out some complimentary appetizers." That pendulum swung in the other direction really far. Yeah, dude's a total pushover. Like he got he got <laughs> rolled by a 14 year old who is not going to tip him well regardless. Um, so, and and uh, Lauren tells Randy how impressive it was the way he put that waiter in his place. And Randy says, well, sometimes you have to stop worrying about what people are going to think and say what's on your mind, especially if you really care about someone. And, and she says, well, I do have something on my mind. And uh, they, they do a little smoochy baruchi. Well, they do a snoo- smoochy baruchi, but immediately before the, the baruchin begins, she does say, <laughs> she first jokes, I didn't know you had such strong feelings about our waiter. Uh, but then they, then, then it becomes smooch fest 97. And, uh, (laughs) if you, if you listen closely, even now you can still hear the deep space echoes of, uh, a billion 12 year old girls hearts breaking at the sight of Jonathan Taylor Thomas kissing a girl who's not them. Breaking Um, or fluttering, picturing them in the shoes of Lauren. I would say, okay, well, I mean, Maybe fluttering, but I think more likely breaking simply because of the the raw jealousy and anguish that mm. they are not in that that actress's shoes. Maybe later it's fluttering when they reflect on the scene and and permit themselves to fantasize. But I think in that moment think, it is just pure cold jealousy. I think it's I think it's tingly that they are awakening a new era of the JTT, the romantic era of uh, him as a sex symbol. I think JTT. The 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 hot teen tiger beat hot throb hot throb is hot what throb. I said. Yep, the hot throb. You're Landon. You are you are <laughs> straying into dangerous territory with the words you're using. <laughs> was born in that moment. JTT's hot throb was born. Oh, in that moment. Oh, um, Brandon. Oh my God. You, Antonio says, "Never a dull moment at table seven, and we get yes. a tunnel of love transition back to tool time. Let's try to end this fucking episode. <laughs> okay, never a dull moment at table seven is a really good line, though. And the waiter totally redeemed himself by like, because he seems he seems almost kind of like happy and and nostalgic and reflective, looking at it like, ah, never a dull moment at table seven. That's a mighty fine table. Oh my God, money upon money, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Just send I'm... me a big bag with a dollar sign on it. Yes, well, I mean, the money in it is going to be in uh, in old timey Italian lira, though, so it won't be worth very much. That's I don't. That's uh, not it'll a crew... sound cool. I got three million lira. I'm yes, a three millionaire. <laughs> well, yeah, only in Italy and only in the sixties. Uh... <laughs> That 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 Vita is not going to be as dolce as you think it is. So back on Tool Time, uh, Lisa yeah. returns with good news. Uh, she yes. and well, this, is this is after tool time after hours. Yes, yes. Tool or, Time nights or between shows. Yeah. Tool Time after betweens. Uh, she tells them that she got the job as a paramedic, 
and uh, you know Tim is excited and happy for her. And or well, my note was uh, Lisa rushes in screaming Al like I've done so many times in my dreams. <laughs> also, she she rushes in, and I'm thinking like, was this is this the kind of running that she's practiced doing in slow motion on Baywatch all these years? <laughs> Uh, Unfortunately, Home Improvement burned their budget on that 3D episode. They yes. couldn't afford the slow motion camp for this. Yeah, the, the reason that the audience was so rowdy is that they knew that they weren't going to get slow motion Pamela Anderson, and they were angry. Um, so Tim arrives. Uh, yeah, she's told this to Al. Tim arrives looking for Heidi and tells Al that Heidi quit. And uh, he then says, I talked to her last night. I think she's upset that we had, that we had Lisa on the show. He says this directly to Lisa standing there. So, A, you're just gonna... All you're succeeding in doing is, A, making Lisa feel guilt now for something that you didn't consider. <laughs> B, now you're... Like, this is kind of personal shit going on in Heidi's life, and now you're just hanging that out there in front of Heidi as well. Like, tell Al, fine, he's your partner on the show. Like, you don't need Lisa... Lisa doesn't need to know this. Now you're just creating drama between Lisa and Heidi. Why, Tim, shut up. A little discretion goes a long Fair. way. Fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, that and is valid criticism. Thank you. Uh, is how I would describe it. And so Lisa, Lisa is shocked and says, you never asked Heidi how she felt about it? And Tim goes, oh, here we go again. It's like, yes, Tim. Womp, womp, womp. Feelings Fist important. Fist on hip. Yeah. Oh, no. God dang it. <laughs> uh, Look over his shoulder to the camera. Freeze frame. Yeah. So Lisa says she never would have come on if she'd known it was a problem. And then Al starts kind of shaking his head and saying, I never asked Heidi how she felt about it. How could I be so insensitive? And Tim goes, pull yourself together, would you? And he seems again, just not only not only is he upset that he is expected to think about other people's feelings. He's also upset at the concept of other people wanting to think about people's feelings. And it's just, and I, you know, I listen. <laughs> I feel like it's rare that I'm on this side of the coin and you're on that side of the coin, but he delivers it and it's written to not a hundred percent be taken seriously. You know, this whole thing as you, you, you coined it for Brad earlier. I feel like this is all kind of played for camp. Like it's not as prickly as, and there's not like a rotten underbelly to all of this, the way that we've seen in the past. And I was okay with it. Uh, even though it wasn't super great to hear. Okay, so I guess we disagree, and we are in mild conflict on this. That's that's totally fine. <laughs> we, <laughs> will there be a season seven? You're. What, I, what you, is it? I'm. I, you you keep you keep you, tell, you keep building this up as a I turned that corner. Are you are you trying to find a way out of season seven? Or are you go trying to manufacture a conflict at the end of this season? <laughs> I'm trying to find a way into bed. I'm so tired. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Al, you know, Tim goes off. He's gonna find Heidi at her. She's at her uh, mommy baby like bonding class or whatever that day. And yeah. so he goes off to find her. And Al says, "It's called mommy and me." And Tim says, "Uh." Well, where is she? Can I, I'm going to go find her. And Al says, well, you're going to have a hard time. They're not going to let you in unless you have your mommy. <laughs> Al gets some good jokes in this one. They, they give him some real <laughs> some real bangers. And then yeah. after Tim has left, Al shakes his head and goes, what is happening to Al Borland? Is my sensitivity being obliterated by my overwhelming masculinity? <laughs> <laughs> like, just right on the heels of a fantastic Wilson line, we get that, and I'm like... 
this uh, this episode brought us some gifts for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, because it, it, it's always Christmas, even when it's not. And this episode was uh, this episode is a gift that's better than a pen that leaks all over you. Let me tell you that. <laughs> So uh, we cut from this to a shot of a whole bunch of babies. Just oh, so, so many babies. A lot of babies. Kind of a frightening amount to be confronted by that many babies at once. I, I Wheels on the bus go no, round no, and round. No. They're all being sung to that song by their mothers. Uh, and as they're, you know, Heidi is there among all these moms with their babies. And then Tim comes in in the background and uh, comes up and kind of just interrupts the class can't wait to let the parental bonding end but he yeah. um interrupts Heidi and asks her if she'll come back on the show and Heidi does not seem chuffed that Tim has interrupted her time with her daughter and says no I don't want to and there there's there's a moment here though cuz he's he's saying this like he's interrupted the circle and this is before he pulls her away to have a private moment he's saying this and um the circle like confuses Tim for her husband. And so yes. when he is like saying, I want you back, uh, the, the entire circle is like, yeah, go back with him. And then he's like, it doesn't matter that there's another woman. And they're all like, no, fuck you. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> and and, and it, it really, it, it turned the, the table for me from the beginning of the season when we had that shitty, shitty therapy episode and everyone <laughs> was just backing Tim. Yeah. All of a sudden to see like, as soon as they started supporting Tim in that moment and then immediately turned on him, I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better about the season and where you went in some places with it. Well, yeah, because also when, when they turn on him like that, Tim goes, I'm not her husband, I'm her boss. And one of the women goes, oh, sexual harassment. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> ladies. Don't you let him off she the even hook had a, She even had a form in her hand ready to go, and that form said character actor corner. What? Are I we going to do every one of the babies? Every single one of them. Did you know that uh, Amy, which is Heidi's kid, is played by a young Timothy Chalamet? Or Timothée. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, I always pronounce it Timothy, but I'm sitting here trying to determine if that's true or if a sleep-deprived Landon is going all in on a goof. Sounds like it is. Sounds like it's a goof. What's the verdict? Yeah, it's not. That's not. That's he's not calling me by his name. That's not that's not young Paul Atreides of uh no. of Dune. No. We're talking about the sexual harassment lady, uh aka Gal. She is played uh by a character actress by the name of Gail. Oh, Gail Bearden. Okay. Yes. I have four nothing to credits. say about that last name. Four credits. Four four credits including home improvement. Okay. Was she on an episode of ER? Uh, no, I'm going to say she was not on an episode of ER. You are right, but she was on an episode of Allie McBeal. Oh, okay. Okay. Also holding a baby. Was she typecast? <laughs> she, she was dancing with the dancing baby at the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot there was a huge baby thing on Allie McBeal. Oh, man. Yeah, well, she graduated from a dancing uh, CGI baby to a real baby. That's what we call progress <laughs> in your acting career. Uh, so, anyway, from from there, uh, Tim takes Heidi aside 
She, yes. he, he takes Heidi aside and uh, is talking to her about Can I just it. Say, I'm, I'm very disappointed that they used real babies here. I was really hoping for an American sniper situation. <laughs> yeah, you, you wanted just a plastic model with a, a ghostly CGI hand occasionally reaching up towards Bradley Cooper's chest. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I have to admit, you don't often see that many babies on a sitcom. That must have been a real. Uh, I mean, you, you think you think working with child actors uh, is a lot, or you think working with animals is a lot. Uh, babies are kind of like the worst of both worlds because they are just going to start crying any old time. True, and I, I wonder if anyone has ever podcasted from the position I'm currently. <laughs> podcasting from uh, are you want are you almost underneath the microphone <laughs> it's it's great i'm get, it'll be it'll be great editing this and kind of tracking your uh, tracking your sound waves as the energy slowly leaves your body <laughs> so along with my soul what happened in this scene so did heidi, heidi did heidi go back to tool time no not yet because heidi explains to tim in, a, in an aside that she never felt like uh she would was appreciated on the show and tim says oh but oh, you right. are you know, you mean, you mean so much to the show, and you're so valuable in all these ways. And Heidi says, well, you never say anything like that. Tim says, you're the you biggest... Know, okay, now this is what I had mentioned earlier, where I felt like it was, um, yeah, a little tacked on, but I like that she's being so blatant about it. Like, that is true. Tim has never really been called out on this before. That is very true. And I, I liked hearing it articulated. No, and that, that he was confronted with it and had to respond to it. Yeah, you know, it is. It is. Yeah, an earlier season, Tim would have gotten cr- credit the second he walked in the door at this thing. She would have just gone with him right away. The fact that she made him work for it is progress. Uh, he, Tim tells her, "You're the biggest star on Tool Time. Thanks to you, we've got fan clubs in six countries, not to mention twenty federal penitentiaries." And um, <laughs> my note there is just gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't like it uh <laughs> i was very glad that they did not do a reverse shot on uh debbie dunning's reaction to that yeah i didn't want to see the smile that they forced her to put on her face um <laughs> so anyway tim tells heidi that no lisa's not a threat to your job she's got a paramedic job now and and you know we need you for the show and heidi says well i've got to call my husband because i need to tell him to watch the baby because i'm coming back to work and so she leaves to go do that, and then uh, Truman, yeah. Before we go further, yeah. Listen, I know it's the end of the season, baby. We got a long episode. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, because both of us have an equal amount of energy and are equally psyched about <laughs> recording. We're, we're we're riding that 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 real creative wave, but right between when you're awake and when you're dreaming. So mm-hmm. I'm in a hot zone here. We got to talk about Scott. Yeah. We, earmarked it in in the baby delivering episode the tool man delivers we earmarked it and said let's we're we're gonna talk about scott at some point scott heidi's husband who we never met yeah didn't know that she got married to yeah talk about scott let's talk about scott now we gotta talk about scott do you picture him as a firefighter like i do uh i thought he was in the military i thought they said that she married a marine or something like that well he could be a marine but i'm picturing him in my head as a firefighter, I'm I'm picturing him as a very uh, tall, very uh, like jacked and well built mm-hmm. uh, ex military, like a, a Desert Storm veteran. I think not I, I just super ha- muscly. Like he's not an Arnold, but he's no, not no. also he's not a Bruce either. He's not like an- he's somewhere. He's like he's like uh, 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 a Balboa Stallone, not yeah. Rambo, not not the sausage Rambo. No, no, hardly. like a, a, a toned Stallone. Stallone tone, but a different face. 
that, look, this is this is a guy who, if you go in, if you go into Scott's bedroom, which I suppose is also Heidi's bedroom since they're married, if you go into Scott's <laughs> office, uh, his home office, you'll see a Bowflex machine which is in there, right next to the fire pole. Yes, exactly. Well, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why uh, firemen don't have or maybe it's, fire maybe poles it's a in their house. Maybe he's a Chippendales dancer. <laughs> okay, I mean, you could either be a fire. I mean. You could be conflating the two. I mean, he could be a Chippendales dancer who oh. dons the garb of a fireman. Ah, there it is. You just you you cleared out the cloud of my brain. Yeah, and gave me the image I was searching for. Yeah, it's a, it's a Magic Mike situation. He sees a lot of uh, he sees a lot of rule breakers in here tonight. A um, Swayze face. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Stallone tone with a Swayze face. What what? Moon Man code language are we speaking now? Stallone tone and a Swayze face. It's like it's like the it's like the second I it's like had the shorthand eyes at, open for fifteen minutes. It's, it's like the shorthand at diners for like what kind of uh, what kind of food they want. Like give me give me give me two haystacks and a and a double shot of moo juice. We're just we're just serving up we're serving up awful meals that no one wants to eat. That's what we do here on Grunt Work, everybody. Every episode in endurance challenge that we fail. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> Scott. We talked about Scott, a sexy Desert Storm veteran who is the Maris of this show. I am already going to vote on the fact that we never see him. Uh, so anyway, uh, t- Heidi is left to go call Scott. One of the ladies calls Tim over to come and sing a song and play with Heidi's baby. And Tim wants to sing Mustang Sally because it's about cars, but the lady says, no, these are songs for the babies, and Tim objects because we just did a song for the babies. So they start singing Itsy Bitsy Spider. Tim is not into it. He's holding the baby and kind of jiggling her arms around as they they sing, and then they get to the Out Came the Sun bit, and Tim goes, whoa, 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 something came out of here, and it's definitely not the sun, because that's right, folks, this baby, uh, this baby had some Polish food. (laughs) <laughs> and from that it seems like it might be a crime in some states to give a baby polish food <laughs> i i mean yeah i think i think they i think they made that law after this episode they call it heidi's law <laughs> um not to be confused with the spinoff of home improvement where heidi goes to law school and becomes a lawyer oh, nice yeah i love I like it that. uh you know one tool girl uh becomes an emergency first responder the other one uh becomes a lawyer it's kind of a law and order vibe uh so we go back home for our stinger where Tim and Jill are yep. l- looking at the hand-drawn picture that they were sent on tool time and reminiscing about the events of the day. The classic mm-hmm. Sam and Diane chatting at the end of the Cheers episode about what happened on the Cheers episode, even if it wasn't about Sam and Diane. And, I knew it uh, was a tasty little morsel. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't tell you why, but that's exactly why it was. It is, it is. It's just like, hey, you know what, in the... It, 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 it's... It's the it's either that Cheers thing or it is at the end of the Doogie Howser episode in the last thirty seconds where it's just <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris sitting at his old computer, kind of summing up the day's events in three sentences in his blog. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there, you know, he's talking about how yeah, you know, I, I bet she appreciated you showing up to the baby mama class. Yeah, especially after I uh, I I cleaned up her kid's mudslide. Ew. Uh, and yeah, oh. and he changed the diaper. Anyway, oh, God, so I missed that line. And yeah, I'm glad I did. Yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, and the less said, the better. Randy and Lauren come in and they go upstairs. They're going to study for finals together. He's got his arm around her, and Jill comments to Tim on how cute they are. And uh, Jill says, uh, "Remember how nervous you were on our first date?" And Tim goes, "Yeah, I went to kiss you, and I didn't know what to do with my hands." And Jill goes, "Yeah, well, you figured that one out real quick." 
<laughs> big big laugh from the audience, and then one particular guy who just goes woo. One one guy the who's wooer. Like, yeah, just just like touch your pants. <laughs> you never know when he's gonna pop up. I, I know I, a couple times this season. Yeah, you know, and and you never know when he's gonna pop up. You never go know what's gonna set him off either. Uh, <laughs> and then. Tim and Jill continue their conversation, and Jill says, remember when we uh, studied in your dorm room for finals? And Tim goes, oh, yeah, one thing led to another. And and they both kind of stop, and their smiles fade, and their faces change. They both turn around and yell, Randy! <laughs> Which is funny. I, it, it, you, it was a telegraphed joke, but I still liked it. I, it still made me giggle. I, I, have a, I have a soft spot, I think, for any episode... Or even any movie, anything that ends on two people shouting another character's name in unison. Uh, I mean, the only thing that would have enhanced it would have been a freeze frame. But yeah, what? Two? Okay, so it has to be two people. It's not just one person. Like you're not you're not about John screaming out Elvin. Mm, that might be one of the few cases. Or Dave, where I, it's Dave. I, yeah, I was Dave. confusing. I I had John Garfield's owner owning the chipmunks. I don't know where Dave went. <laughs> poor poor John. You go you go from one sassy animal to three sassy animals, and the only thing they have in common is that they're totally committed to ruining their owners' lives. That is uh that is a that is hell. What did what did John Arbuckle do in a past life to be cursed <laughs> cursed this way? Uh he was Wilson. Oh, well, okay. Then I mean so maybe it's a gift? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, he seems like he's killed a lot of chipmunks and squirrels, so I would imagine that in, in in second life he would be tormented by them, and probably a cat at some point too. So he yeah. he earned it with uh, with Garfield, and of course we all know Wilson loves Mondays. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's the episode, folks. Uh, Landon, you just want to talk season. for another hour and a half? Yeah, that's the season. In fact, uh, let's it's over. Let's go back and talk about every single episode from the season. Buckle up, guys. Uh, well, we're going to do that soon in our Super Spectacular, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, there is one lingering question is that there? is floating out in the ether. I can't imagine what that uh, question would be. I'm I'm reaching to the stars in hopes to grab it and pluck it from the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. George Bailey have, lassoing the moon. <laughs> and I, I am now examining it, and it says, Oh! Oh, the grunt you, count. What's the grunt count? Are you trying to ask me to ask you what the grunt count is? Yeah. I realize it probably makes more sense if you grunt. Yeah. I <laughs> because mean, you're asking the question. I, I, I Yeah, Landon. Me. I think I've, I've pointed this out a few times that the way that we you do have. this makes never makes sense. But it oh, the grunt count always comes at the point in the episode when both of us have just had all of our synapses <laughs> fried by an hour and a half of talking about home improvement. So uh, it never it never gets resolved, you know? No. No. Uh, okay. So Zero. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Randy goes into Randy goes into grunt voice, but Tim does zero grunting in this episode, which is strange because it seems like, and we'll go maybe into this in our our super spectacular when we get into the the hard data. Oh man, how about that? Uh, it seems strange to me that there's a divergence between grunting and the uh, existence of the 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 presentation of the actual hot rod yeah like, how how does that if the hot rod isn't going to evoke the grunts what will yeah maybe all the maybe tim when he's been working on the hot rod off camera 
he's been grunting then, and but like he's kind of in, mm. infused the grunts into the hot We've rod. Got between scene grunts. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what oh, I'm implying, God. Landon. How do we even keep track of that? Uh, I don't know. I think we've got to. I think we. I don't know. We've got to go to the space between spaces, like they do in Indiana Jones Four. Um, awesome quantum quantum grunt work. I think that's the only option. We we're we're set for life now. We'll never stop making this podcast. Um, Landon, let's <laughs> uh, let's outro this thing. Let's outro this. Um, uh, well, you wanna you wanna give this a, a nice send off. Season six. We're saying goodbye. Do you wanna spend some time, maybe uh, giving it some smooches? Do you wanna make out with it a little bit? Do I wanna kiss it? Do I wanna? Do you wanna kiss it? Do I wanna? I, is that what the word is? It a kissing related word? Do I want to smooch it? Do I want to? Do I want to nuzzle it? Don't make me say all the all the like. Don't make me say all these weird intimate words, dude. I, I feel uncomfortable enough saying the word intimate, and I've already said intimate a couple times before on this podcast. And I just keep saying intimate. Is the is the I word intimate? Word, I chose this word specifically because uh, it, it factored prominently into an episode earlier this season. Uh, oh, an episode of grunt work that is. Canoodling. Um, ding 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 ding. <laughs> Wait, really? Canoodle was the fucking Canoodle? word. Canoodling is the word. I got it. Happy end of the season, folks. I finally okay. All right, all right. Good thing there were no chalupas on the table because we would have had to pay out a lot of chalupas this season. Canoodling. Yeah, and now it's making me wonder if the game's too easy. Oh boy, Landon! Well, you've got you've got the whole you've got the whole space between seasons to uh, try and uh, innovate some new challenges mm. to it. And I, I I'm gonna just like Ivan from Whiplash from Iron Man. I'm going to bed. Um, you know, I, I I love that I love that this podcast is eventually going to supplant food stamps as just a way to keep <laughs> America fed. Just we constantly conceive of very easy games for people to play to get chalupas. It's a horrible plan. <laughs> We are at the end of the season. That's it, yep. folks. Season six is over with, but not season six of Grunt Work. We no, still no. have some very special episodes up ahead. Um, we're going to be covering some movies. Yeah, that's right. It's 1997, folks. That means Jungle to Jungle. That means For Richer or Poorer. That means Wild America. Yeah, complete with some bears. <laughs> and, of course, as we have for the last five seasons... Our big old super spectacular Ooh, that is doggies. coming to you guys live, and when I mean live, I mean you guys can join us live for the recording on Discord. If um, you dare, we're still hashing out. <laughs> we're still hashing out the specific date of it. Uh, we're looking like maybe October third, but um, why don't you head on over to our website, head over to our Discord, just sign up now, and um, we'll make the announcements there before anywhere else, and then you'll know. Yeah. You'll just be able to put that right in your schedule and not miss a beat. And you would not want to miss any of our beats because our beats are constantly <laughs> great. <laughs> we are rapping in the hood. Um, <laughs> also, for our special, uh, for a super spectacular, we always do the uh, MVP debate between Sherman and me, but that pales in comparison to our People's Choice MVP. That's right, where you, you, the listener, gets to choose the uh most valuable player of season six and so you got to look out uh for that on our twitter twitter account man twitter <laughs> my my voice just gave out <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot a lot of things about you were giving out right now landon it's uh it's I know. painful to listen I am to so so- i am so sorry <laughs> 
head over to Twitter uh, where we're going to put out a poll, and you get to choose which of the Home Improvement cast members you want to choose for Season 6 MVP. It's exciting. I love uh, seeing how it compares to the debate between what Truman and I have. Um, and uh, lastly, I think, well, actually, I think that might be it. Oh, okay. That it? That's it. That, that was it. Lastly, was last. Oh no, no. There, there is one more thing. Oh, good. one more thing. Uh, the most important thing is we're going to be doing this season. Um, we've mentioned this in the last handful of episodes. Uh, we want to know what your perspective on home improvement is. What are the good takeaways? What are the bad takeaways? Um, we realize we are just two guys talking about our opinions, mm-hmm. and we are usually uh, wrong in agreement on everything. Yeah. Um, so we we want to break break that a little bit, and we want to know. We want to hear from you. What what do you think? Uh, home improvement means um hit us up uh at our email address uh info at grunt for, uh, gruntworkpodcast.com we've already gotten some interesting entries uh laren who gave us the idea for this whole thing uh sent hers in recently and Ooh. i am very excited to cover that so i'm excited to hear all this that is it uh truman i am gonna be very excited to listen to this episode because i have no memory of the last maybe 45 minutes <laughs> so I, I mean, I, you know, Landon, I'm going to be very excited to edit it. It might be like some kind of weird Blair Witch Project found footage situation where I'm seeing stuff I didn't even remember. <laughs> uh, okay, for the last time of season six, let's do this. Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast because it's the fastest, freest, easiest way to support us, and it goes a long way to help others people others people find the show. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, Pe- people belonging to others—that's what we mean. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter, Instagram at GruntworkPod, or on our Discord server, uh, which you can find at our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Haven't missed it once or- this season. Where you can also find other information on today's episode and sign up for a weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. The one time I am the loopiest I've been in my life, I didn't laugh at you saying the website. What does that say? I I don't know what that says, Landon. I think that you've gotten you've gone so insane that you've become sane. Uh, it's just like, just like the be old beach. You just you you wait and you get old and then you get young again. Exactly. Until next week when we bring you a bonus episode of home improvement or something related to home improvement i've been landon solano i've i've been truman caps who's very concerned for his friend landon solano and remember at baywatch university it's easy to get certified to become an emt but it will take you three years because every class is in slow motion